Hello, welcome to Splatter Matters, the place where splatter matters. I'm Rick. Hey, I'm Jackie. And uh, we're going to be talking about some horror films today. And Jackie, what movies are we going to be talking about? Well, it's actually really funny. Rick and I are going to kind of switch it up from our first two episodes. I chose a movie for him to watch, and he chose a movie for me to watch. And we didn't even do this on purpose, but both films are based on uh, punk rockers. Yeah, they got some punk rock yeah. too. Definitely. Mine's definitely older because I'm old school. Uh, yeah. I chose Return of the Living Dead, one of my all-time favorites. It's a good one. It definitely, when I was watching it, it I connected you two. Oh, <laughs> I connected I don't you know. with the film. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I would say it's good. It just fits. Yeah. Um, mine was, I chose for Rick to watch The Green Room. Yeah. He had seen it before. It's a 2015 I had never seen Return of the Living Dead, which is an 85. 85, so um, 30 years yeah. apart. Yeah, but, I mean, they're good. I think we're going to, they're both really, really good. Um, so you liked it? Yeah, I did. did I did like it. Yeah, did you have fun? I, it was so dramatic. It was, I mean, there was not a chill moment in that movie. Were you into it the whole time? <laughs> Man, I mean, with. With the punk rockers named Trash and Suicide and oh yeah, the man Frank just basically the entire I would have loved to play his character. He just went around oh oh no <laughs> yeah it was just so over it was funny it was funny yeah uh, it's a bit over the top you didn't know that it was kind of like a horror comedy kind of thing that's kind of how it's classified. Um, I did honestly if I had just watched it straight through i wouldn't have straight away picked up the horror comedy i would have kind of just seen an over dramatic over the top zombie flick mm. but i would say the trailer was m more portrayed the horror comedy mm. than the actual film okay because the trailer scene was like it seemed funny it, it reminded me of peter jackson's bad taste when yeah. we watched it yeah, it never really takes itself too seriously. Yes. Um, it's kind of over the top, but I, I never really class... I classify it myself as a horror flick. I don't really call it a comedy. It's definitely more horror, uh, I would say. I agree. In my opinion. But I agree. It, it has some funny moments to it, and the whole situation is just kind of over the top. <laughs> Where the second film we're going to be talking about, Green Room, completely different kind of style to it, kind of vibe. Although they both are kind of similar. Yeah, they're both over the top. They're both kind of punk rockers. They're yes. trapped. Mm-hmm. Return of the Living Dead, they're trapped by zombies. Yeah. White um, supremacists. White supremacists in Green Room. Very wow. interesting. What I like about both of them, they both keep with our theme of blood, yeah. splatter, guts. Yeah, I know. I Would you classify Green Room as a horror film? Honestly... Yes, I think it's th more of a thriller horror, mm -hmm. or like suspense horror, right. than, say, Return of the Living Dead, which is kind of more of a comedy horror, campy. Right. Um, but, yeah, I would still definitely say it's a horror film. I get afraid. It's something that frightens me. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a real world, not that, say, zombies couldn't be a possibility, but there, <laughs> Who the are, heck knows yeah, there are white supremacists in the world that I would be very afraid to find myself the only, you know, non-white supremacist in the building. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and That's we'll, a scary situation. We'll discuss it more when we get to it, but uh, they're always a great villain. Oh. You know, you can do whatever you want to them. Oh, uh, yeah. And nobody really, nobody will care. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, let's talk about return first. I call it return. That's fair. Um, in return, what was the first thing that kind of stood out to me? Well, I'll tell you the first thing that stood out to me. The, okay. There's a title card before everything starts. It says these uh, the events are uh, are true. People and places are true. I love that. Yeah, it's based, obvi- on, yeah, real based occurrences. on real occurrences. I, I don't think so. Yeah, no. I Yeah, I also... Well, I think that kind of adds to the comedy of it because mm-hmm. it's I think it's a little making fun of anything too that would take this seriously because right. anything that you see after that kind of statement is clearly not true <laughs> yeah it, it it almost has a spoof element to it because you know the, the zombie films well there's the kind of backstory for a return it was produced and uh, based on a story by John Russo John Russo produced and wrote Night of the Living Dead with George Romero. So basically, uh, Russo held on to, they made a deal, him and Romero made a deal, he held on to the Living Dead part of the title, and Romero went on and made, you know, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, but Russo held on to the Living Dead, hence Return of the Living Dead. Interesting, because even in the movie, they have a reference to the movie Living Dead, Mm -hmm. or Night of the Living Dead, Yeah, which that's what, that's interesting what you say about the directors and taking the names and the story because it does make an homage to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Which I originally thought was our movie. <laughs> you did. You yeah. did. I had to uh, call you and make sure yeah. you watched the right one. A lot of Living Dead titles out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it starts as based on a real story about a chemical spill uh, in a morgue. How they describe it causes the corpses in the morgue to start moving around. They're mm-hmm. contaminated. So the army is shipped in and uh, is there to deal with the situation. Yeah, and it, so, gets, it gets shipped to the uh, Unita Medical Supply yeah. Company by mistake. By mistake, where and, we start uh, our movie yeah. and we hear a punk rocker named Freddie getting his first day on the job in this medical plant warehouse. He's kind of looks like the brains, the movers. And you get introduced to, <laughs> I think, I wouldn't say he's my favorite character, but... He kind of is my favorite character, um, Frank. Oh, he's the, the best. Over, yeah, the over-emotional. Yeah, he's fantastic. Screaming all over the place, but seems like kind of the day manager of the plant. And yeah. he is telling Freddie about this contamination and how they accidentally got shipped these contaminated containers of corpses that were reanimated. And because, you know, the army, it's a, it's a shipment mistake. Army yeah. makes mistakes all the time. Classic army. And I thought it's really funny because before they go up to these containers and right on the side of the containers, it says, uh, goes like property of the army uh, in case of emergency, call this number. Mm-hmm. And it's I think, a 1-800 number. Yeah, it's a 1-800 number. And I think it's just so funny for something that would be, you'd think they'd want to keep it not as self like alerting as property of army mm-hmm. <laughs> call well, this number right well it starts too with uh the, i don't know if he's a general or something he's right he's they're still searching for the missing mm-hmm. canisters yeah and yeah. uh and he says it's just gonna be an ongoing thing until they find it and they're not sure if when they're ever gonna find them right but we find in louisville kentucky louisville kentucky that these these containers are a thing, they are real. And, and they're not made very well either. No, they're not. No, um, so, I mean, the inevitable happens, and uh, two just 
simple everyday workers end up opening one of these containers up and they get contaminated. Oh, yeah. Cosmic. And it starts, one of my favorite opening sequences in a movie of all time. I love the theme song. It's time to party. Well, no, like the opening with uh, with the, the Return of the Living Dead title. Oh. It's like, dun, 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 I love it. The entire soundtrack of this this movie is really, really cool. It's really, really cool. Yeah, it's like kind of weird 80s punk. Yeah. Yeah. going on with it. Uh, the song that I was referring to is I think when I think it could be kind of thought as the theme song right. to the movie. Uh, oh, I know which one. Yeah, 45 Graves. Do you want a party? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It plays when um you see all of the punks getting introduced in a convertible. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about when the skeleton kind of rose out of the grave. Never mind. No, I I'm sure it plays multiple times because okay. you're right. It, am I wrong or? You... I, I don't remember. You mean the beginning when we meet the punks? Yeah. I don't remember. I really don't. It's okay. And that's my fault. You probably you're right. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I, I was thinking you were talking about when the zombies came to life. They do, which is cool. Because no, okay, it happens again because when they come back to life in the graveyard, it's a reference to when the punks are in the graveyard just okay. trying to party. Gotcha. Because that's why they're they're introduced in the car. And it's Suicide's car because it's convertible and on the front is written Suicide. Yeah. And he's also one of my favorite characters because he goes, this isn't just a look, man. This is a lifestyle. Yeah. I'm all about this. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be a skinhead. Really? Yeah. One of the, uh, when I was researching, yeah, he, he's supposed to be a skinhead. Which is also ironic based on our choices That is today. really, okay. Yeah. Connections are yeah, all around us. It's a way us. of life, man. It will, <laughs> yeah. So when we are introduced with the uh, punks, that song is playing. It plays because one of the girls, I think it's, this is one of the girls. She's in the blue. She's got kind of the the black-haired mohawk. Yeah. It's not Gina or Trash. Trash. I forget her name. But I don't honestly don't think they say her name. She's not very memorable. No. She just goes, where's the party? Yeah. Well, she was actually a stripper that Dan O'Banion, the director... She worked at a strip club that he went to, I guess. He was like, and, you want to be in my uh, movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So she, cool. Yeah. Interesting group of punks. I don't understand technically why some of these people would be hanging out together. Why the heck is Tina in that group? She doesn't. She's not a punk. Why? I think because she's dating Freddie. Freddie's not really a punk either, though. Yeah, because he's got a job, which yeah. they all talk shit about. They do. The, oh, he got himself a job. They do, but Tina's even more like... Goody two shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting group. But lo and behold, they're still together in this car. And they have to wait two hours for Freddy because he's at work working. And so they go into a graveyard next to. Conveniently right next yeah, to. Yeah, conveniently the right next to the medical The medical, yeah. Which is also conveniently right next to a morgue. Yes. So that's kind of the main, I'd say, locations an area we're going to be in this in this throughout this whole entire movie. The mm-hmm. graveyard, the medical factory, and the medical warehouse, excuse me, and then a morgue. Right. So, yeah. That's funny. It's just, it's just funny. So, the friends are partying at the graveyard and I really liked the scene when we've moved past, there's contamination, a body has already reanimated. And Freddie and Frank are 
freaking out. What are we going to do with this body? Well, they've cut it up, and turns out, doesn't matter if you cut it up, it's still reanimating. Which is really, there are some new things that are introduced in this movie for the time that are new for zombies. Oh, yeah. The which, brains. The whole the brains, brains thing. They never... We, yeah, that, this this movie started the brain, the zombie eating brains kind of instead of just flesh. Yeah, right. And I think that's, I mean, that's insane because that's a normal trope in yeah. zombie movies now. Mm-hmm. But there is there are differences where they've tried to kill these zombies with headshots, and that's just it doesn't matter how you hurt them, they'll still no matter what reanimate. Yeah, and the zombies actually show cognitive. They, yeah, they that's talk. what's crazy. Yeah. I've never seen, even in later movies, I've never seen zombies to be at, like, they'll respond to you in yeah. this movie. Uh, they talk, yeah. they think, they send more paramedics, you know? Yeah. That's one of, that's one yeah. of my all-time favorite. I like where they ask, one, they capture a zombie at one point, and they ask her, why are you eating these, why are you eating people? She goes, I'm not eating them, I'm just eating the brains. Mm-hmm. And they say, why the brains? It goes, because being dead is so painful. But when I get, when I consume brains, it becomes more bearable. Yeah. uh, That's crazy to me. I've listened to people who debate maybe the endorphins or whatever chemicals, if you're really digging deep into it. (laughs) The uh, real science. Yes, the chemicals, you know, are kind of act as like a painkiller. Again, it's digging digging way deep there. Yeah. No pun intended. I think it's interesting the scene it's the embalming scene that I wanted that I want to kind of talk about because this is before they kind of figure out all right these zombies will always reanimate no matter what kind of things you do to their body no matter if and what they did you we get a really cool like splatter scene of sawing sawing the body mm-hmm. of, into pieces and at this point the manufacturer and owner cuz these two guys don't know what to do so instead of calling the police they called the owner and the owner says, the guy right next door in the morgue, been my friend for 25 years. Best buds. Best bud. He, he'll do this for me. He'll uh, he'll owe me one. Or I'll owe him one. And so, turns out, they want to disintegrate the body, fire it up, just totally get rid of it. Only ash will remain. Of course, when they burn the body, they're burning the contaminate, a contaminated body, and out the smoke goes, and it goes right next to the graveyard, which then becomes contaminated, which yeah. was alluded to in the beginning of what happened and why these zombies were in the first place in these barrels. Mm-hmm. And so right where the friends are partying, now zombies are becoming alive. Right. Well, and, it causes the rain, too. Oh, yeah. The well, the, the big down. smoke cloud, and then, the rain, and then it causes rain. <laughs> and then you see trash just stripped down. Yes. Full, full like, those are stripper clothes. She did not have to like un- like unbutton anything. It was just like a rip off. Yeah, it was like fully prepared. Yeah, I think they were. Uh, I don't know if they have. They had specially uh, made clothes that you could rip off that easily. Yeah, say. yeah. I don't know what they would be called generally, but before they burn it, burn them though, they see the embalmer embal- embalming a body, and he's talking about rigor mortis and what yeah. he has to do to kind of loosen up the body, right. and it can be possible. That was for me the grossest scene did you hear the like the 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 the, sound effects yeah the cracks when he was moving the arms yeah it was just gross yeah and it had that like that uh makeup the blood pool uh, makeup on the side 
Yeah. Yeah. Back to uh, the strip scene. Ah, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. This scene. Okay. I saw this movie when I was 11. Okay. Never forget it. I was a huge horror head, Fangoria reading geek, essentially. And it always caught my eye. And I, and I don't know why. It just had like this kind of, it, it, I was drawn to it every time I went to the video store. Um, yes, the video store. Yeah. Uh, it just, I, I wanted to, I wanted it so bad. And my parents were going, I don't know, they had something. They were going away that evening. So when they took me to the video store, I knew they weren't going to be home. So I said, hey, what the heck, perfect time. Yeah. I'm going to grab it. And it's a good thing, too, because uh, Linnea Quigley is butt naked. Um, throughout the every every throughout, other yeah. scene that she's right. in this movie, she's butt naked. Yeah. For a woman of twenty age 27, it was still a very memorable point of the movie, let alone an 11-year-old boy. So I can totally understand yeah. that, Rick. <laughs> it was pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> no, now, really. Now, I was like, what? <laughs> she isn't fully naked. She has prosthetics. Are you? How did you know that? I read. I read oh, about it. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yes. They yeah. originally filmed it naked, and they were like, you can't show that. Yeah. You can't show the, the bottom. Yeah, no. So they covered it up. It was like a Barbie doll. No. It was, yeah. But I like her, and I don't know why her zombie version, because, again, contamination. Basically, mm -hmm. everyone, most people in this film turn into zombies through contamination. Yeah, well, she comes back because of the rain still. It's right. still raining. She's the only one that changes. Well, from being killed by a zombie, we got Frank and Freddy. Who, because of pure contamination, they got hit right, with opening, right opening the chemical, yeah. they turn into zombies. Which is a funny part, because the paramedics come, and they're like, your temperature is 70, room temperature. Yeah, that's, that's a you great have line. Zero, you have zero, your heart rate's zero. Your blood pressure is zero. <laughs> Freddy just keeps going. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Fairly good acting by both of them. It looks painful. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it looks right. painful. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the acting in the movie? Um, I didn't mind it, especially for what kind of movie it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? It I was thought it was perfect. Very strong acting. Most cases, some were not very good. Tina drove me insane. I, I didn't really think she was too strong. She drove me a little she nuts. Was. She drove me a little nuts. Her acting was a little crap. But uh, the older guys... I think I'm going to be say it. I don't think many of the females in this movie were supposed to be strong actors yeah. or like have strong acting points. Well, he hired the one out of a strip club. Um, strippers could not be that, actresses, Not that they too. could be actors, but one without film experience. Uh, okay, okay? okay just, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she... Uh, yeah, I don't and, think the women were supposed to be strong actors in this film. Right. In my research, I found out that she was just... Everyone hated her, pretty much. <laughs> but And it kind of shows through the movie. I don't know. Maybe not. But I always loved Linnea Quigley. She's the one. She's trash. Well, I like her during the movie because she looks like David Bowie, basically. Like a zombie blue... She's entirely blue. Her hair is red David yeah, Bowie. Yeah, it like, is Bowie. Molded. What is the name of that character? What is Star? Star Ziggy Stardust. Yes, that's yeah. right. When he was, yeah. It does look straight Bowie. You're right. Oh. Yeah, we were talking about, I like the scene. Well, this is kind of a, a scene where it shows the cognizance that you were talking about earlier about the zombies. Mm -hmm. Where... Our survivors, right now, they call for an ambulance because Freddie and Frank have zero pulse, room temperature, coming to 
showing signs of early onset rigor mortis, mm-hmm. basically dead but still conscious, so they call an ambulance. Well, of course, the zombies take the ambulance, but there's a scene where they call on the walkie-talkie and they call for backup. They say, we need backup. We need more ambulance. Mm-hmm. So they can eat more people. Sure. I've never seen that. Yeah. That's crazy for zombies. It's a zombies. great line. Yeah. Great line. Well, they also show cognizance. Is that the right word? Am I saying the right word, cognizance? I think so. I think so. Consciousness, if we want to be safe, but I think cog- cognizance is right. We Well, the one we totally skipped over, one of the most famous zombies ever on film, the Tar Man. Do you know who the Tar Man is? Tar Man. Well, that is what is he was the first one that was in the Yes, and he comes at Tina. Yes. 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 And he uses like a a pulley mechanism when she's hiding in the metal cabinet. Yes. And he puts the chain around the door and he's pulling the door off he the hinges. He started oozing. He's the one who started oozing and kind of melting. Yeah, right he was when kind of opened. disintegrating. Yeah. yeah. That prosthetic reminded me of Peter Jackson's bad taste yeah. prosthetics. I mean, Peter Jackson's were bigger headed, but like the 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 sunken in eyes, yeah, the mouth, it, the face did kind of resemble. It the really eyes, did, but... and even the stature of the actor zombie. Well, he was played by a puppeteer actor, but he was also a contortionist, so he could he moved his body. Very, mm-hmm. I mean, he did a fantastic job. He, you know, moving. Like his limbs weren't quite. They were fast, yeah. man. Those yeah, zombies they were, were yeah, fast. I like fast zombies. I'm a fast so zombie I. guy. Well, I mean, I mean, I love the Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. I love that stuff. Um, not a big Walking Dead fan because I think it sucks. Why? I was going to ask. Is well, it the slow moving zombies? Is it because it focuses a lot now I think because on people? I, because I'm old. <laughs> That and old. I grew and I watched Return of the Living Dead yeah. at age eleven, and that kind of defined the zombie genre in my eyes. Walking Dead, it's got some really great stuff. I mean, it's uh, I don't know producer executive I don't know anymore, but Greg Nicotero, uh, wonderful special effects uh, artist, can be effects. Tom Savini's protege, um, great stuff. The the effects are fantastic. It just the show. It got on my nerves. They fight about what to do, and then zombies come. And then they fight about what to do, and then zombies come. And then they fight about what to do, and then zombies come. I hated Carl. Was Carl the kid? Yeah. Could not stand him. It was like, just shut up, Carl. Get out of here. Get out of here. Carl. Carl. Oh, God. Whatever. Is that show over? I don't even know. Is it done? Or, like, did it have a finale? Or... I think this is a spoiler alert, maybe, if you haven't seen it, but the main character, Rick's dead now. Okay. And I think this was pre-COVID, so they were going to start with a, a kind of a another show, because he got, or he didn't die, he just got separated from the group, but the main show, he's gone hmm. from the main show. I think they were going to do, like, a side show. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, while we're talking about Walking Dead, it's interesting, the zombie genre itself, the popularity, I mean... From Night of the Living Dead to, uh, you know, that was Romero. And Russo kind of produced it and wrote it with him. But, uh, you know, Romero's Day of the Dead, then Dawn of the Dead, and then Return of the Living Dead. I mean, the influence that that has had even on today's society 30 years. Well, well from Night of the Living Dead, 50 
some years later, probably more. No, I think you're right. I think it's Night totally that was like 68 or something. It's absolutely but shaped the, the genre. Yeah, the influence that it has. I remember in college there were zombies versus humans, and it was the game throughout campus. And if you were a zombie, you would just say over and over, Brains! <laughs> Directly from Return of the Yes, Lord. yes, it's crazy. To my knowledge, it's the only film that uh, the zombies say brains. That's crazy. But are, it's... it's. Are the, there any other ones where no, zombies No, I think you're talk? right. No. No, because that was a big thing that shocked me about the zombies in this film is that they they talked, they mm-hmm. responded. And one of the creepiest, you know, one of the better effects and the creepiest talking zombies was kind of the half old lady that mm-hmm. uh, you know they cut they, her in half they and captured they strap her to the the operating table that was a interesting because she's talking but it doesn't really look her mouth isn't really matching you know well she is a prosthetic all the yeah. prosthetics in this movie it's 85 yeah let's just say it say what it is i um, miss the 80s <laughs> i it's really cool it's really bloody but it's very a fake body yeah. You know what I mean? I remember at the time being astounded by it when okay. I was a kid. I'm sure. I'm sure though. But I was also eleven. I, I still know. I was still getting over Linnea Quigley at the time. I I was blown away by that. <laughs> no, I I can understand. Yeah. Quite honestly, I can understand. Uh but that was the woman that you referred to that answered them fully of I eat brains and it is painful to be dead. Yes, that's where the yes, the reasoning for the brains. But I think the what's really cool about the movie is it ends, it's all for full circle. So they eventually get a call the number that was on the side of the capsules with the contaminated bodies. They call the number and the military takes care of, takes care of it. Oh, they contain it. Yeah, they or contain do, it. Or do they? Or do they? No, they don't no. because they bomb it. That's right. And the bomb and all the smoke... Filled with the chemical of contamination causes more rain, yeah. and it just is contaminating an even bigger, wider range. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about the ending? I liked it. It plays to the beginning of how mm-hmm. this clearly has happened before, and this is what ha- like this is the response of the military. It's their contingency yeah. plan for sure. Containing containing something gone wrong and then because of human error. I like it's full circle. Uh and yeah, the movie's book ended nicely by the general. You actually forget about him com- uh, kind of completely. No. They show him in the beginning talking about the canisters and then he could just comes in and talking. Sends- I I love it. I love We got everybody's it, boys. gone, you know. Uh, the characters you've been with them, but like, it, I love it. Oh, I love the punk characters. I love the punk characters, but I love the uh, the nuclear bomb <laughs> going off at the end. The nuclear bomb was it was funny. It was just funny. It was a funny portrayal because it was like a ooh, uh, ooh. definitely in a stage. It wasn't super. Yeah. It worked. Yeah, it worked though. Cool effect when the windows blow out. From all the houses, the kind of sonic boom that comes, and uh, but yeah, it was a wasn't a great mushroom cloud, or it wasn't even a mushroom, but it worked. It uh, <laughs> it did work. I'm just talking crap. I'm just talking I know. Crap. No, you're right. You're totally right. You're not wrong. It, it just it fit with kind of the goofiness of the the whole thing. No, I agree. Everything um, everything fit really well. Yeah, one of my all time favorites. No, I'm I'm glad you picked this one. I'm 
I wouldn't have watched it any other. I don't know why, you know what I mean? But I'm glad you introduced me to it. Yeah. Especially, no I mean, now I know the or- some origins of pop culture and our zombies in pop culture. Have you seen Do- Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead? No. Yeah, you should. Oh, <laughs> you should. Yeah, I yeah. know I should. Yeah, they're good ones. Oh, man. But I think, what do you think about talking about the green room? I think uh, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, cool. Don't have too much. Return of the Living Dead, if you haven't seen it. Check well, it out. we kind of ruined the whole thing for you, but <laughs> no, it's cool. There are a lot of points yeah, you got to see talk. it. Yeah. You, you got to see it. It's just visual, good, and if nothing else, you get to see a chick stripped down and prance around a graveyard. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty shocking at the time. It's shocking for me. Was it? I was thinking about that scene. I kind of forgot about it when I told you to it watch it. It was crazy. I was like, she I was like, she's like, have you gonna, ever fantasized about ways you're gonna die? <laughs> And she's like feeling herself up, and then it's like, bam, bam, and you're like, dang. Yeah. And literally, it's funny because everyone she's around, they're like, oh, look at trash. Right. She's stripping naked again. Yeah, it happens quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> she's just like in a graveyard. It's so yeah. funny. She's when she's well, she gets. She says one of the just real quick. Um, she's saying one of the ways she fantasizes about dying is being eaten alive by old man, and yeah. well, of course. She gets eaten. That's what I'm saying. Life. This movie points. It's, it's it works because it's smarter than it. It's smarter than yeah. it seems. Allude, illusions. Yes. Alluding. Oh, and it alludes to uh, Frank, his death, tragic, beautifully acted. I forgot to talk yes, about that. Yes, very very serious when he pushes himself into the. Mm-hmm. Uh, the not crematorium. before, not before taking his wedding ring off of his finger, yeah. going on his knees, praying to the Lord and saying, "I'm sorry," and yeah. then just thrusting himself into the crematorium. Great scene. That is a good scene. It's I can't believe one. we forgot that. It's a good one. Wow. So, I mean, one of one of the many reasons to pick up and watch Night of the Living Dead. It's good. Well, you should watch Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead. Night of the Living what? Dead's good too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Return of the Living Dead. Yes. I'm sure Night of the Living Dead is good too, but it is we're good here to talk about and tell you to watch Return of the Living Dead. Yes. So the next film we're going to be talking about was your suggestion. The yes, tw- it was. The 2015 film Green Room. Green Room. Uh, totally different vibe, a lot different more vibe from uh, Return. Um, it's written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier. Um, he also made the movie Blue Ruin. Have you seen that one? I have. I actually just recently watched that. Intense. So good. Yeah. His... And the main character in that movie is, um, I wouldn't call him, he's, I guess, like a supporting. He's up there in Green Room. Yeah, he is. He he's is. He's one of the main. One of the main. And that I didn't know he made blue ruin but i connected it because i was like oh my god i've just seen a horror kind of movie with this guy in it yeah he was also in evidently they were friends in school okay and everything and the guy can really act in my opinion uh he was phenomenal in blue ruin yeah that was yeah a very intense i think it's kind of same intensity level as i would say green room his films are intense and they have a, a kind of a realism to them that well, real they're very horror. realistic. 
real horror. Kind of like I watch one of his movies and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I would do that. Or I, I, it, it's not like some idiot running and opening up a random container with a corpse. In right. It. <laughs> it's very. It's his films have a. They're kind of grounded in reality. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's more realistic for me. At night, I'm going to toss and turn and be afraid of someone murdering my father and the revenge I might want from that, Mm -hmm. like in Blue Ruin, or me being in a place surrounded just by bad people who represent bad things, like in Green Room, the white supremacy, this band's trip. Other than me, I'm going to be kept up at night by those much more real horrors Mm -hmm. in this world than something that's make-believe, like reanimated conscious beings. Right. That eat brains. I'm still not sure. I really wouldn't classify Blue Ruin or this as a horror film. Really? That's interesting. I really wouldn't. It's, it has horrific elements. Great practical effects work. Yes. As well. I liked... I thought this was gory. I thought this one was, was pretty gory. It was. So why why do you think that this is, should not be categorized as... Green Room shouldn't be categorized as a horror. Well, like you said, it's kind of, it's more of a, to me, it's more of a suspense. I don't know. I'm on the fence. I think it's for sure a suspense. I think it's a suspense slash horror. I think so, too. Something like that. Because there's definitely, it's it's very similar to Return of the Living Dead. You got these punks trapped, surrounded. Yeah. They're trying to get out. Yeah. And they can't. So, it starts with a band they are on their last leg of their tour. They're struggling. Yeah, struggling. So when I say band, it's like you and your friends decide to pull together. You probably are paying to show your band at some venues, let alone if you get any money going to any gigs. So we find our, I guess, protagonists in their van. They don't barely have any money for gas. They need to go to this gig and they get a what they think is a paying gig and a radio interview. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that that's a bust because the interviewer got his permits taken away for some like vomit and uh, yeah. fecal matter as yeah. it shows something. There's a reference. Yeah. yeah. So to repay the band because they're like that gives us at the end of this we have six dollars each mm-hmm. we don't we barely have enough gas to make it to dc we believe they're going right home. and so he goes well let me call my cousin he'll be able to get you a a gig a paying gig 350 dollars they're like all right dude so they go in the middle of bumfuck nowhere yeah well, kind of it's in out west is it oregon or yeah, washington oregon well, because he mentions Portland. Okay. Because you're going to go out, like, yeah. more towards Portland okay. area. And honestly, Oregon's, if you're not in Portland, like, you're not really anywhere. Yeah. It looks... It looks it's cool. scary. You've you're been the, there before? Yeah, Oregon. I've got family there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just the movie portrayal, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then you're surrounded by what looks... You go to this this venue and you slowly start to realize that hmm do these places exist i'm sure they probably do yes they do rick i've never been on into the the punk scene i didn't know there was still a i would call it underground oh for sure diy house shows kind of underground for sure but i'm saying white supremacy like yeah punk in the middle of nowhere 
I'm just here for $350 because I need to make it home. Yeah. Turns well, out. it's. I guess it seems like uh, Patrick Stewart, we'll just get into him. He's wonderful <sighs> in this. He's great. Yummy. Plays it so subtle. He's, uh, yeah, he's but really he's good. M- menacing. Just the mastermind. The whole time. And always calm, never a yeller, yeah, just yeah. a quiet, scary. I love his performance. Oh, so do I. It's a great one. Um, I agree. So we fast forward. They play the they play their show at this white su- white supremacy themed, which Patrick Stewart's character is the owner of this venue, and the band kind of shakes up. What's the song they sing to kind of shake up the scene? Um, yeah, I don't know why. It seems like they just want to start some shit. Yeah, they just so, are here uh, to start shit. Nazi <laughs> die. Group. Die Nazi die. Or yeah, something die like that. Nazi die. So um, yeah, I think it's a cover. But yeah. you, you think they're gonna get their ass kicked? Yeah, and I I mean you can just see the it's a tense. The room's getting tenser. Yeah. The room is an not... already tense crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks terrible. It looks like a horrible place to be. Doesn't look like a fun time. No. No chill. No. That's not where I want to relax. Um, but. Do you think Stewart is, what I got was he's uh, kind of using this punk scene to recruit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a big recruit. Well, I think not just recruiting, but I think it's just a full front for criminal activity. Well, did you get the heroin? That yeah. they were heroin run. That was the big deal. They yeah. were running. Well, uh, that was the whole thing that they couldn't let the band leave. Not because they saw a murder, but because if police came, it wouldn't just be the murder that would be uncovered. It would right. be the full front that I believe that venue to be. Really, it was like criminal activity. Hmm. Well, so this girl gets killed. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of fast knife forward to the side of the head. In the There's green room. This fucking crazy guy. Yeah. And you don't really know why and you, you don't. Yeah. But the um, band, the band sees it. And because they yeah. see this, uh, kind of the manager, it seems like bartender, manager, also main character in Blue Ruin, he sticks them in a room with a big buff guy and a gun and says, all right, we're calling the cops. You guys just can't leave and locks them in. Yeah. And that's kind of the beginning and basically the premise of the movie Mm -hmm. so what do you think very basic very basic but very basic but i mean it gives you a great film this saulnier there's something about like his direction like i said there's just a realism to everything i believe you believe this these kids are a punk rock band yeah and they're just kids they're they're beautifully acted anton yelchin Mm -hmm. all right rip he died shortly after this film i believe pretty shortly not too much longer Good actor. Great actor. I agree. I really like him. Also. Um, was it a car? Was it a car? Yeah, it was a car. Okay. So, the front runner of the band, played by Anton Yelchin, R.I.P. Um, very well done acting. But he, he, yeah, he's kind of the front runner, it seems. Not really spoken, but he seems to. He seems like the leader. Yeah. When... Patrick Stewart's character asks for just one voice while negotiating. It's Anton's character that speaks up and says, okay, I'll communicate and uh, negotiate with you. Uh, There seems to be one character who is kind of the beef. I don't know his name in the movie, but he plays uh, 
John Shelby in Peaky Blinders. Um, yeah, he's kind of the knucklehead. Yeah, the, he's and, the brawn. And they already establish prior to that that he has jujitsu experience. <laughs> when he yeah. gra- when the, the first guy who yeah. uh, they lost the show. Yeah. For some reason. Or no, they played had a some it looked like a diner. They had a show where they played at the oh, diner and they get out of there and he slams the guy against the wall and they establish that he has jujitsu experience. Yeah. Which comes in handy. It does when he has to go against this huge dude. Don't you hate that guy? He's yeah, such he, a jagoff. Yeah, no. I hate that character. Well, also a girl is caught, is stuck in this room with them who was... She witnessed it too. Yeah, she witnessed it too, but she was there from the beginning of the altercation. Yeah. She was with, it was a group of three, two girls or four. I think it was just those two No, girls. yeah, it was just the two girls and then the guy who killed the one girl. They both had that skinhead girl haircut yeah. thing going on. Yeah, and you find out... Buzz cut up top with like long strands coming yeah. down her... Dude, it's crazy. I was trying to figure out if she was wearing a wig. Do you think that was a wig? Honestly? I think it was. It's very London-esque. Like London punk. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it looks good. You like it? For her character. Oh, right. Yes. Not every day. You know what I mean? But like, for her and what she was, her style that she was trying to portray. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Um, But, so we got this problem... The owners aren't getting the cops involved, and this band is not leaving this room because they eventually subdue their big watch guy. The big oaf. Yeah, the big oaf. And they're not backing down. They're not going to leave the room until the police open the door. They're not going to open the door until police open the door. Yeah. And he has a big old handgun on them. Mm-hmm. And I like how they subdue him. Um, jiu-jitsu guy. I, I'm not too sure of his name. Neither am I. I didn't take note of it, but... Uh, he does like he gets him in an armbar, like a UFC yeah. uh, armbar hold, and uh, well, he ends up after some time, he ends up uh, breaking his arm. Yeah. Well, I would have bro- that would have been the first thing I would have done. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna leave that guy's big. But it the, it poses some real interesting questions. Like, yeah, there are six of us, but you're in a room. He's got a huge handgun pointed right at you. Like, what do you do? Well, I like the part where you. It is really suspenseful, and it's when. Well, Anton Yelchin had called nine one one when he saw when he's running out of the green room. Yeah. Original. Um. In when once he first discovers the murder, so there was a call out to the police. See, that's why I like Jeremy Saulnier's films. It's always like it makes sense what people do in them because what do they come up with? I, I. They well. Those two. He pays those two yeah. kids six hundred bucks. To stab the one kid. Yeah, he goes, we need some true believers. And these kids are like, won't be the first time. And they're twins. Yeah. And they're twin brothers. But that's a good way to get out of it. So someone reported a stabbing. Yeah. So they have someone stab themselves. So that's the stabbing you're looking for. Yeah, that's what While the real stabbing and death is being hidden in a basement with six punk rock kids who are also locked in this green room. Yeah. But that's why this kid's films, they they make logical sense. Yeah. Blue Ruin, uh, this one, it just... What were some of your favorite scenes? The dogs. That was brutal. Yeah. I mean... I was hoping the dogs would get shot up a little bit more, though. And normally, <laughs> okay. normally I don't like when dogs get killed in movies, but th- these dogs deserved it. 
they were brutal they killers. They were vicious. They ate, uh, they ate the one kid's throat out. Yeah. Good practical effects. Um, basically, they were a yeah. big menace throughout the entire, like, that was a main brawn that the white supremacist bad guy used. Yeah. Um, and the handler, very realistic German, when he made these commands, it was in all German, in, in German yeah. which I know police dogs or dogs that are used for, I, I guess for lack of better words, violence, you use these commands in a different language mm-hmm. so it doesn't like cross over in your day to day. Oh, is that what it, yeah. that makes sense. So like, yeah, so in, just in case you say attack, your dog doesn't attack, you have to actually use, you know, a, the German version of attack or whatever language you want to use. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. More you know. Again, realism. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool, but I I kind of got, I was sad when the owner died. I mean, I wasn't sad when the owner died, but when the dogs were just He like was wounded. Buying. The dog was wounded. Yeah, and then he he crawled up next to his owner at the end. Yeah. That was cool. I thought that was cool. I don't I what you say is totally correct. Just very realistic. That's a great way to explain mm. this movie. And honestly, that's why I think it's so that's why I would think this is horror. Because mm. the realer something is to me, that could actually happen in this real world, the more, ho- like, terror I get from it. It is. It's more horrific. Yeah. I, I do. I think when I watch you're scary to, movies... You're beginning to change my mind here. Really, though, when I watch scary movies, I can talk myself out of, like, the terror because I go, well, I mean, I'm not in this situation and this isn't happening right now and that, you know, this is impossible because it's not like that, but... I could very well be on a vacation and in the wrong type of place and all of a sudden see something that I didn't mean to see. Yeah. And now I'm being held in a basement because I accidentally saw a murder and they can't have that murder reported because they're actually smuggling heroin. Like Yeah, the whole setting though of the punk club with the it's In the middle of nowhere. Every, everybody looks disgusting. It's just it's Because a, they are. I know. It has a very I mean it, there are communities like it, that though. Yeah, that blows. I, I just couldn't imagine. That's scary. It is. Could you imagine yourself all by your? I think it's scarier than zombies because I'm with my friends. Oh, no, it definitely is. Yeah. Oh my god. It could happen. So our story progresses, and it turns out that the reason the murder happened, this guy killed this woman, is because she was. She told him she was running away with actually a different guy, right? Yeah, the cousin who hooked them up with the show to begin oh, that's with. That's right. He was the cousin. Yeah, and he was what they refer. I think it's because throughout the whole movie, Patrick Stewart says only red lace people. Only yeah, they seem to be the initiated ones. Who yeah, kind of like the I saw like them the real as like deal. the soldiers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, they're the, they're the in no The crowd. red lace into their, yeah. what are they, Doc Martens? I don't know. Don't they wear Doc Martens? Yeah. For some kind of, we used to call them shit kickers back in the day. I love Doc Martens. I do too. I used to wear them all the time. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Doc Martens, shaved head, mm-hmm. what you believe, <laughs> think a white supremacist skinhead would look like. Yeah. They do. Um, but she was leaving him for someone else. 
So he murdered her. And they, this is one of my favorite scenes is when you think they're about to get out because the cousin tells them, I'm going to go behind the bar. There's a shotgun behind the bar mm-hmm. and gets sh- shot right in the head. And gets it's his head bloody. Blown that's one of my favorite scenes. That's a good one. Because it's kind of like, okay, so we're making leeway. We're about to get out. We've been stuck in this green room. And it's a lot of like tension, suspen- suspension, like back and forth. I love how no. they use they use what they have at to, hand to get out of the situation. Yeah, the box cutter. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that was there, but that scene when she slices him, pretty gruesome. Great yeah. practical effect. No, this I yeah no this movie is like, very what? gruesome. They, they weren't wanting to get rid of him that way. They're mm-hmm. all kind of shocked. Um, but uh, the way they use the microphone, they put it on the speaker. Causes feedback. The dogs run off. You know, it drives the dogs crazy. I'll just, it's just really uh, interesting and believable. No, I agree. So how, Rick, do they... How does it kind of end? What are we left with at the end? Well, basically, they all get kind of taken out. Yeah. Um, there's two of them left. Anton Yelchin. May, right? Is that her name? Okay. She had the funky haircut. Yeah. The yeah. only girl in the... No, no. Well, the other girl from Arrested Development. From Arrested Development. Her right, right. So the blonde. The who's a great? Who's head. a good actor too? I love her. Yeah, she, no. She's a good actor. She was in a scary movie I just saw. I really like her. Vivarium. Uh, is that with uh, Jesse Eisenberg? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. You didn't like it. I didn't see it. You know why? Because of him. Because Jesse Eisenberg is in it. <laughs> well, you didn't watch Mandy because of. Right, Nick Cage. He, Nick Cage. He, he's, he's turned me a little bit. Yeah. I'm back on the Cage train. It's interesting. It's more of a mind-warping scary movie. Alien-ish. I've heard about it. Purgatory-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this isn't... But she's, she's a, she's a yeah, good actor. I didn't good. know she was... Uh, Dabbles in a little horror here and there. Yeah. No, she does like interesting stuff. No, I agree. And she has an interesting look. I agree. The freckles, the... Tiny features... A pretty girl. Yeah. A very pretty girl. But I would say not classically in your... No, but those are the best kind. I know. But no, yeah. She's got an interesting look. Good actor. She gets... How does she get taken out? She gets eaten by a dog, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Like right at the last moment. She gets eaten by a dog. Like, isn't she out? Jiu-Jitsu boy gets stabbed when he jumps out of the window. Mm Mm-hmm. What about the green-haired guy? He was one of the first, right? He was one of the first... Oh, Anton Yelchin gets his arm all sliced up. That was pretty gruesome. His hand is pretty when much... When it was... His hand is... When he hand, tries to hand the gun to mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart through the door. Yeah. Um, what did happen to to Green Hair? Was he electrocuted? <laughs> right? Oh, he got his neck chewed. He got his neck eaten out by a dog, too. Okay. So two of them got eaten by dogs. The one dude got stabbed, and that left Anton Yelchin and uh, the blonde. Yeah, I like his analogy, though. I like his analogy. I could relate to it. The paintball analogy. What What was it? Uh, basically, he was telling a story. This actually kind of happened to me. I, that's why I like. I could relate again. Okay. Realism. I don't know how this yeah. guy did. It's a paintball story where they went to play paintball. There wasn't enough people, so they teamed them up with this other team of people who were basically ex-marines, actual <laughs> army people, and they ended up shooting the shit out of them. You know, 
kind of happened to me too. I went to a paintball years ago. They didn't have enough people, so they put us against like these paintball teams and i guess they like competed in tournaments and stuff and we got it just was awful i just got hit so many times it was not even funny but the analogy of the story he says his buddy just kind of ran out screaming shot every one of them kind of the element of surprise kind of thing i like the analogy which is kind of what they do at the end to get out of the yeah, a hail what mary. What would you call it? Is it a club? Where, where? What the heck yeah. is it? No, I think it's a club. A club. Like a venue. A venue that yeah. A bar. Bar. It looks because more, they, it looks they like serve a barn. alcohol. I mean, it looks like a barn in the middle of nowhere. I think it was a barn in the middle yeah. of nowhere that served alcohol and played music. Yeah. For white supremacists that also <laughs> dealt in other things like guns and drugs. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just high intensity throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. It ends in high intensity. Anton is the only one who makes it out, correct? Well, the girl, out of the band, yes. Out of the band. And the girl, they get a ride from someone, right? Well, they walk, the 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 kind of manager, the guy that was in Blue, Blue Ruin, Ruin, again, yeah. I don't know his name. He says, I want to call the cops. They let him live. They uh, are walking through the woods with a shotgun and... He says he's going to call the cops. We don't know what happens to him. You know, they come across Patrick Stewart and the two guys right. kind of setting up the scene to make it look like they got killed siphoning gas. Yeah. They had the, the, the tube sticking uh-huh. out of the car and Yelchin is like, that's not how I would do it. And he pulls it out and they end up shooting the shit out of Patrick Stewart and uh, the other. Great. I love it. Not super, unbe- like, again, the realism, not super crazy. Uh, yeah, but they still just bloody. shoot him. They just shoot him. Yeah, blood, violence, violence. Just high, high intensity, because it's so real. Very real. Again, yeah. I'm so, like a broken record. I keep saying that. Over well, and over no, again, I but, think but, that's just just a great way to describe it. Yeah, a great way to describe why it's so terrifying, mm-hmm. why it's so great the way it is. Yeah, just I think bottom line, we'll chalk it up to a very realistic horror movie experience. Yes. And it could happen. It could happen. It could happen to you. <laughs> Be vigilant. Watch out, guys. Altogether, it was a, some punk rock horror fun. Yeah. It was cool. Again, ironic. We we didn't yeah. even think of it. No, we didn't plan when, it at when all. we made our suggestions, and I find it really ironic. Yeah, no, so do I. Because uh, I've been wanting to talk about Return for a long time. Cool. I've been and, thinking about uh, Green Room myself. Yeah, and I'm glad we got the chance. Yeah, awesome to be here, And Rick. thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been a while, but uh, we're back. We're and back. Hopefully, recording more soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs>